0: This morning scripture reading it's taken from two books in the Bible in the New Testament Romans chapter 13 verse 1 to 7 Romans chapter 13 verse 1 to 7 Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established the authorities that exist have been established by God consequently Whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commanded. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants, Who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Matthew chapter 22, verse 17 to 21. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. We shall now invite our brother Duncan to preach to us this morning, God's people and government. May the words from His mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to our Abba Father.
1: Thank you. Good morning, pastors, brothers and sisters in Christ. It is indeed a great pleasure this morning to have this privilege to share my very first sermon at FMC. I was wondering, if you remembered, what were you doing on the 24th of February 2020, last year. As I remembered, I was at Seminary Theology Malaysia, where the students and of course the lecturers together were having once a year picnic. And during that day, we heard that there are some possibilities of a change in government. Now, we all stopped and prayed at that time. Since then, we have changed government two times. And of course, we can see that the present government is almost identical to the one that they replaced previously. Now, it is difficult for us to understand everything, or the changes that we have around us. So this morning, let us humble ourselves and prayerfully seek to listen to God through His words in Romans 13, verse 1 to 7, and also Matthew verse twenty-two, verse, uh, sorry, chapter 22, verse 17 to 21. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we want to thank you for your words through the teaching of Jesus as well as Apostle Paul. Help us to understand your word so that we know your expectation of us Christians with regards to our position and also our attitudes towards government and also politics. Lord, help us to listen and to obey willingly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just now, when these two passages were read, do you find difficulties in obeying the teachings of this Bible teaching? For me, I think it's a bit difficult. In Romans 13, verse 1 to 7 Paul wrote to Christians in Romans with regards to submitting to governing authorities. During that time, these Romans are having these both Jewish and Gentile Christians. For the Jews, they may not be happy with Rome because their homeland had been occupied by Rome. Furthermore, Jews and Gentiles that have just received and accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Saviour, may think that the old has passed and the new has come. And one day, we will reign together with Jesus. So, should we be paying any attention at all to secular authorities? Earlier, two chapters before, uh, in chapter 11, Paul wrote to Roman Christians about their hope in God. And in Romans 12, Paul wrote to them being about being a living sacrifice to God because of the love that receive and the mercy that they receive from God. And here in chapter 13, Paul told every Christian that he wrote to submit to governing governing authorities at that time, which is Roman Empire. The word subject here can be also translated to submit, or in original Greek, is hupotasso. It is an imperative form. When a word is in imperative form, that means it is of crucial importance. Uh, you need to obey. It is an alternative command. It's not a choice. It's not like, okay, I like this government, so I obey them, I submit to them, I subject to them. But I don't like this government, so I just don't subject to them. Their roles as Christians and also the the role of Christians today is to obey and subject to the governing authorities of the time. Now to live in submission during that time may indeed be a Christ-like sacrifice. It is definitely not easy, given that Roman Emperor at that time was narrow. Thus, they are living in an autocracy empire at that time, whereas we today, we live in a democracy, uh, a parliamentary democracy in our country. Given how much people hated tax at that time, hated tax and of course the tax collectors, we can see that it's definitely not the best type of government to have. Now, uh, tax collecting during that time works in such a way that Rome they will estimate how much tax they are going to collect for the year And then they will award this uh, The job of tax collecting To the highest bidder So in that sense These publicans or uh, tax collectors Which is obviously these uh, government contractors They will have to collect a tax amount Which is higher than the amount that they bid Right uh, Of course uh Most of them would try to tax, look for all the excuses to collect as much tax as possible. We have these stories of Zacchaeus, a very rich chief tax collector, that upon seeing Jesus repented and he returned what he over-collected, fourfold. Fourfold, there is a lot of money there. And donate portions of his wealth to the poor. Nero himself was needless to say was cruel, right? And he's ruthless towards Christians. He was known for blaming this great fire of Rome on Christians as well as Jewish. In fact, Paul and Peter would later die in the hands of Nero. But here, uh, Paul continued to say that there are no authorities other than that, or except that, is from God, and in that sense, even Rome too had been instituted by God. So the reasons to submit to the governing authorities is that God has instituted. In Daniel 2:21, we learn that God changes time and seasons; He removes kings and also set up kings. Therefore, God is sovereign over kings. As we can see from this, uh, a simple uh, picture, if you will. uh, God, and then governing authorities, and then we ourselves. Then, those who resist authorities, we are resisting against what God has appointed. The word appointed is dieteg in Greek, meaning a decree or ordinance. So we first submit to God, which is, having this ultimate authority. And here, God told us through Paul that we need to submit to immediate, intermediate authorities. That is the government authorities. We submit to government authorities not necessarily because they are better than us, but because God put them in their position. In resisting authorities, then one has to face judgment. Now, if we broke any law, of our country when we resist the governing authorities, then we will be judged by our judicial system. And secondly, at the end of the days, we will be judged by God because where our autori- the, the authority of God is resisted in those officials that we have rejected. God instituted these authorities as a way to refrain the bad. Of course, we know that there are no perfect government. Uh, Some of us may be hoping for certain parties to come into power. And when it finally comes into power, we see that, well, it's slightly different, but it's not perfect either. Still, government is in place to make laws and to enforce laws. So for those who conduct themselves well should have no fear of government. Where there is no laws, there will be chaos. Laws and orders are in place so that people can flourish. Our God is a God of order. First Corinthians 14.33 tells us that God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as is all, in, all the churches of the saints. Now, some versions will translate it as God is not God of... Confusion, but they were translated as God of disorder, but of peace. And all the churches of the saints. So in that sense, Christians, we need to be orderly as well. It is a God's way of manifesting his common grace. Because not everyone is Christian. And such institutions, such as government, were would, would put in place for the benefit, not just for Christians, but for non-Christians as well. We should not fear authority if we do good things. In verse 4, it tells us that the one in authority is God's servants for good. Now, this word servants here actually is diakonos in Greek, from which, of course, our English word deacons come from. And deacons, as we understand it, often refers to Christians who serve in God's ministry. I don't know how many of us... When seeing a police would think that, ah, servant of God. I once had a house break-in, and after a police report was made, a group of police came. They tried to look for clues. They tried to trace the fingerprints of the thieves. Uh, but the fingerprints were wiped off by the thieves. But at very least, the police tried to do their job. So for the criminals, yeah, they need to be afraid. Because they were given, I mean, the authority were given to these officials to carry out punishments as stated in the laws. The sword is a symbol of authority, just as today's police carrying around guns, it's also police clubs. Paul again reminded the people that they need to be under subjection, not only in order to avoid God's wrath, but also because it's the right thing to do. I once heard an American pastor say that Americans are more individualistic, and Asians tend to be more hierarchical in terms of community living, and therefore Asians tend to be more submissive to higher authorities. I wonder if that is true. Or is it just that we are afraid that we may be caught as long as I don't get caught, I can do whatever I want. I remember a few years back, due to my job, I need to travel from Kuching to Bekhtong, uh back and forth quite often. And a lot of people, most people, including myself, overspread. And some of us overtake cars at a place they are not supposed to overtake. There was once a, a car cross the land in front of and go into the land in front of me in order to overtake and forcing me to slow down and there are times uh, where opposing cars they will flash the highlights at you but do not be angry because they are simply trying to warn you that hey there is a police block in front and you must slow down and I have to confess that I do uh, overspeed quite a bit Uh, My parents don't know that. I think they are getting worried now they listen to this sermon. Uh, Yeah, as Christians, we know that uh, it is wrong. Our conscience tells us that it is wrong. Not only do we endanger ourselves, but also others on the road when we overspeed. However, sometimes our pride gets the better of us. We tend to think of ourselves as such a superb driver. As Christians, our conscience should be more and more in line with biblical teaching and our our act, our conduct should be more and more in line with the prompting of the Holy Spirit. How would others think of us when they see the way we drive? Do we drive recklessly? Given that Rome at that time were in control of, of, of the whole empire and they actually send governors or rather they elect governors and rule over different cities and also people from different cultural and also uh, religious background. Therefore, Christians following laws would not be seen as troublemakers in these eyes uh, of uh, Roman, uh, ruling Romans. Therefore, rumors... Uh, sorry... There were rumors against Christianity and also great suspicions of Christians during these times because Christians simply conduct themselves differently than others. First, of course, they hold these secret meetings which others do not understand, and also they do not worship Roman emperor. Of course, uh, most most people other than non-Christian, uh, sorry, other than Christians, they were uh, pagans worshippers, so there is no issue for them to worship Roman emperor so by submitting to authorities christians can prove themselves that these accusations are wrong that is perhaps one of the reasons Paul commended these uh, romans christians for paying the taxes the taxes are required for maintaining civil government the authorities are workings as god's ministers so a bit uh, we go a bit Uh, further back into the time during the time of Jesus in Matthew 22, verse 17 Pharisees sent their students together with Herodian to ask Jesus regarding the similar matters in tax and trying to trap Jesus Now, Pharisees and Herodians they are not exactly you know, buddy-buddy or kawan-kawan type of group if anything, they were opposing type of groups For Pharisees, we know that they are teachers of the Mosaic law. They were Jews and they opposed to the occupation of Judea. And therefore, obviously, they opposed to paying tax to the Romans. Pharisees are waiting for their own Messiah, a political Messiah that is to bring them out of Romans' occupation of their land. Scholars suggest that the text referred to this Matthew here, were poor tax or a head tax. And by paying the tax, that means one is subject to Roman's empire and the emperor himself. Secondly, tax collected by Rome could very well be used for building and maintaining Roman's pagan temples. Therefore, it's not difficult to see why Pharisees were opposing to paying tax. Now, Herodians, on the other hand, there were supporters of the house of Herod. Some scholars suggest that, in some sense, Herodim possibly considered Herod as the Messiah, as Herod during that time was quite powerful. Now, the previous Herod, not the Herod during that time, the previous Herod actually ordered for the execution of all males two years and below. So. Um, these Herodians are actually hoping that they have some sort of self-governing to the house of Herod. And by refusing to pay tax, then Herod's house would be in conflict with Rome. And therefore, they are more in favor with paying tax. But both Pharisees and Herodians hated Jesus. They just want him to pick side. For Jesus his kingdom is not of this world. Jesus saw to them and called them hypocrites. Indeed, they were not sincere in asking the question. In their mind, they have already made up uh, the decision as to pay the tax or not. They were just trying to trap Jesus, but Jesus, as usual, is gracious and answered them. In asking whether to pay tax to Caesar or not, Jesus asked them, whose impression? Or inscription was it on the coin? Now we can see this uh, Tiberius coin there. Um, During this time, actually Herod did not practice having inscription or image on coins. That is uh, Herod's side of coins uh, because of the prejudice of this Jewish. As Ten Commandments say, we should not make any image in place of God. So Herod would not have image in the coins. So obviously, this is Romans' coins. When the people answered Caesar, Jesus replied, Therefore render to Caesar things that are Caesar's and to God things that are God. The word rendered also, in Greek, can also be translated as to give back. It is theirs, so give back or to pay. This word is in imperative form as well, so no, it's not a choice. You have to pay. Paul's writing in Romans 13, verse 7, also echoed this teaching of Jesus: to pay to those who is owed, to respect those who is whose respect is owed, to honor those, honor is owed. It is definitely not easy given this pandemic, especially those uh, incomes being affected. Too many times, however, it is not that we, are not, we cannot afford to pay the taxes or even give offering in churches, but rather we just want more for ourselves, thinking that it is our right. However, this is the command of God. I truly believe that those who honour God will be honoured. This passage, however, cannot be used and should not be used to justify those oppressive regimes that we have in certain parts of this world. As mentioned that in governing authorities, the source of authorities actually come from God. So there is only one source. And unfortunately, we do have Governing authorities that goes beyond, uh, goes against God's law, or go go against biblical principles. So, what do we do then? In Micah, verse uh, chapter six, verse seven to eight, we learn that more than offering, God requires of us to act justly, to love mercies, and to work humbly with God. Then when we have a conflict in obeying people or obeying God, our choice should be clear, and it is to obey God. We should remember that even governing authorities, when they are against God, they will be judged one day as well. Let me give two examples from the Bible in these matters. In the book of Daniel chapter 9, when King Darius was incited, to give a decree or an order that if any man make any petition to any man of God within three years uh, sorry, three years within 30 days for 30 days accept to King Darius himself then that person will be thrown into lion's den in that sense King Darius is seen himself as being so powerful that he can do anything for anyone that asks of him In other words, he is thinking of himself as God. So, brothers and sisters, if you are in the position of Daniel, what would you do? Some of us may think, 30 days, maybe I just stopped praying for 30 days. Or some of us think, oh, it's not good. Maybe we just quietly prayed for 30 days and don't let anyone know. But that is not Daniel. Daniel will open his windows, plural, not just one window, but, I don't know, all his windows, maybe, towards Jerusalem. Knelt down and prayed three times a day. And that is faith. And in Acts chapter 4, also we have Peter and John, where the Sahedrin, which uh, is a Jewish judicial and also administrative body, they actually commanded and prohibited Peter and John to speak or teach in the name of Jesus in which Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him you be the judges and for us we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard we really want to thank God that we have the freedom, especially in Sarawak the freedom that was enshrined in our Malaysian constitution for our religious freedom where we can worship God and also to witness for Jesus. Decisions uh, by policymakers and lawmakers affect our daily lives. Some of us may not felt that uh, any policies, any new political decision may affect them previously. But within these past two years, I think, We all felt it, especially with all the lockdowns and MCOs. And some of us may have felt quite helpless in our country's current political instability. What can we do about it? As mentioned earlier, we do not live in a country uh, whereby it's an autocratic country with emperor or king with absolute power. But rather, we live in a country with parliamentary democracy. Some Malaysians have been actively posting on Facebook, commenting on Facebook, about their opinions on recent politics in recent years, especially much, much more than 2010s, I can see. Brothers and sisters, when we voice our opinion, do we give our leaders, political leaders, their due respects? Is our opinions, our comments, really constructive criticism or just a way to vent our anger. How would non-believers view us Christians? Brothers and sisters, having accepted Christ as our personal Lord and Saviour, we have a dual citizenship, if you will, citizen of this country and also citizen of the Kingdom of Heaven. We are called to be different than the world, but still in this world. In another sense, we are ambassador of Jesus Christ in the world, always remembering that we will one day return to be with our Lord. But before that, we should neither be uninformed nor uninvolved in this world. A few weeks ago, we have a minister who proposed a bill to stop non-Muslims from sharing their faith. We have a minister in Prime Minister's department Doctor, sorry, Dr. Maximus Lee, voicing out that he believes is this bill is brought up, some parties, especially those in Sabah and Sarawak, will definitely stand firm and oppose such a proposed legislation that will affect non-Muslims, especially in our freedom to practice our faith. Indeed, we need to defend our right in religious freedom as guaranteed in the federal constitution, as well as Malaysian Agreement 1963. And a few years back, in 2015, we have our now Sarawak Deputy Chief Minister, or oh, the title a bit long, Tan Sri Datuk Amar, Dr James Masing, voice out against Muslim teachers use their positions to convert non-Muslims students to islam if anything in our democratic system we as christians need to get our voices heard no matter in political arenas freedoms of rights uh, sorry freedoms of uh, our religious practice or in uh, injustice or justice in our society other than being a low-abiding citizen and standing firm, voicing out our rights, what else can we do? First, to pray for our leaders and also our country. Have we been praying for our leaders? I sometimes think that, especially myself, I complain too much and pray too little for our leaders. Sometimes we just pray during the month of August and September because it's near our national days. Or we pray before state election. We pray before federal election. Secondly, we need to pray for our own spiritual growth that we may be more and more like Jesus in our daily lives. Do our conduct reflect that of the image of Jesus. By obeying law alone, then we may become uh, legalistic, but by following Christ flowly, uh, closely, therefore, we can do much better than law. When our lives are renewed, only then we can best reflect Christ's likeness in us. Remember what Bishop Lau said last week we are actually the fifth gospel. Before non-Christians actually listen to preaching or to read Bible, they actually look at the conducts, the behaviour of Christians first. Thirdly, have we shared our testimonies with others that we are able to? Have we shared our personal stories, how we accepted Christ? Now, for Christians, I think it's quite Easy uh, for Sunday, uh, we come to Sunday service, whether online or physical. But for non-Christians, before the pandemic, I think most of them would choose either to uh, go to coffee shop and enjoy themselves, the coffee shopping or other recreational activities. Uh, it's so difficult to bring them to church sometimes. Some, some of them just don't want to come to church. So, during this pandemic, this time, I think most people would choose to stay at home if possible. So have we shared any link of worship service to them? Or Christian songs? Or just a blessing or uh, greetings to them? Or Bible verse? Uh, I believe you know your friends, your colleagues, your relatives well enough to know maybe which sermon, which worship or which verse will work well for them. We are not just citizens of this Kingdom of God, but also ambassadors of Christ. We need to have Christians, not just in churches. We need Christians in our family. We need Christians in our workplace. We need Christians in our community. And also, we need Christians in political arena. We never know, one day we may our life may affect someone who grew up to be a God-fearing politician. And last but not least, our question is, have we rendered what is God to God? Brothers and sisters, let us pray. Our Father in Heaven, Lord, we want to thank you again for Malaysia, for Sarawak, that we have this religious freedom, that we can freely worship you that we can witness to others. Lord, want to pray that you give us bonus and give us courage in sharing our personal testimony to others. Lord, also help us to grow more and more Christ-like. Help us to grow as you have a plan for us to prosper in this life. We pray all this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.